and welcome to Fancy Black Lady. I'm your host, Jamila Carrington-Smith. And I'm your host, Landria Seals-Green. Before we get started, I know that people listen on all kinds of podcast apps, and the one that is actually really important to us is Apple Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, but if you're on Apple, be sure to leave us a five-star rating, and we'd love to see a review from you. Tell us what you like about the show. Thanks. You are listening to The Fancy Black Lady. I'm your host, Jamila Carrington-Smith. And I'm your host, Landria Seals-Green. So how was your week? Like overall, I know we've talked, but really, how was your week? I'm having a lot of trouble focusing. A lot of trouble focusing. I thought it was just me. I was very concerned about myself. I'm like, am I having some memory loss? Is this what it's like? Do I have arthritis? Like these are the thoughts that were in my head this week. And I know these are not good thoughts, but these are real like 40-something-year-old thoughts. But then I said, no, I don't have any of that. I'm just having regular life. That's right. And it's very stressful. And at this point in your life, you have parents who you're caring for. You have children who you're caring for. You have a real job with real responsibilities. You do extracurricular stuff like this that is, you know, a whole set of responsibilities. And then there's the extra extracurricular stuff. You're using probably more of your brain power than you ever have at any one time and possibly ever will. And it's stressful. And it's a lot. That is a lot. And I close my eyes to just take it all in because it's so true. (laughs) And then you have to eat. And the people around you want to eat. And you want to craft a nice meal. Today, I just made Singapore fried rice. That sounds really nice. It's so good. It also sounds like it's going to feed the family for at least the next three days. If you did it right. What? If I did it right. Well, I did it wrong. (laughs) I did it all the way wrong. I'm sure it will feed everyone just for this moment today. This is dinner. Oh. This is dinner. So I feel like I just got, I'm just like out of my own body. My body is, you know... I'm out of touch with my fitness, which sounds like a very nice way to put it. But I just feel like step one in my fitness is to vacuum the floor so I can exercise. And it took me four weeks to vacuum the floor. And I finally have. Now I just need to sit around and think about exercising before I can actually do it. Right, because it is a mental, it's a mind shift before you actually do it, right? It is. And right now, if I really think about it, I'm sad and I'm a little bit scared. And so I'm feeling that. But then at some point, I know I'm just going to have to exercise, even though I'm sad and scared. And maybe I think that will help me just get everything back together again. To exercise or because of what you think has brought you to this place of needing to exercise? Wait, sad and scared to exercise? Yeah, I'm like no. sad and scared. No. Where, where did that come from? I'm sad and scared at large. Where did it come from? Oh, Environmental oh, crisis, I'm racial sorry. crisis, democratic crisis. <laughs> I could sorry. go on. Pandemic. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, you know, I just live in a cocoon sometimes. So I'm just in this bubble. I am David the boy in the bubble, but I'm Landry. Remember that book? But I'm Landria, the girl in the bubble. I do that. So I'm like, why are you sad and scared? Like, what's happening? Oh, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> You're like, what I miss? Did something happen? <laughs> I'm for real. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it's been quite a day, quite a week, quite a month, quite a two. Like, how long have we been in? Three months. How many times have I seen you? I was thinking about that. I saw you at the end of February. And maybe, oh, 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 no, no. Because we did like popsicles on the deck a couple times. Right, we did twice. socially distanced, yeah. Very socially distanced. And... Like to the point where I felt a little bit offended. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had to stand back. I need to stand back. And what I'm learning about myself is that as I talk to people, I creep in closer and closer. I know. I know. I would love to creep in closer and closer, but I just can't do it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I just can't do it. And then I I remember things about people and I'm like, no, I'm going to do it for both of us. So you kept coming and I kept inching away. (laughs) Well, that's how I know that I come closer and closer because you just kept inching back and back. And I was like, oh, I think it's me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the topic of the day. What's the topic? Self-help. And uh, hang on a second. What do you have to say about self-help? So self-help, you know, personal improvement. People really, it's an industry. People read books about it. All of that kind of stuff, right? How many books do you really need to read? I like this. When I decided that I probably needed a little bit, like a coach in writing like a so I was stood up let me tell you okay I was stood up I dated this guy and I lived in Connecticut and he was beautiful he was beautiful he was chocolate my favorite color not milk chocolate but dark chocolate and I remember I was driving and I was meeting him at an Alvin Ailey dance thing and he was standing outside the theater with this gray turtleneck on and a gray Mm -hmm. coat and I thought yes yes just for me right (laughs) but but oh what he just wasn't a match it was not a match and the reason that I I'm like but he's so lovely but it wasn't a match And I remember I had, we had made these plans to, and I lived in Connecticut and he lived in Queens and we had made these plans to meet in Union Square or one of the squares. I drove in because I didn't want to take up the train. So I drove in. It wasn't far from where I lived. I went to Brooklyn to my then hairstylist. I got my hair, you know, straightened. And then I was just making a day of it for myself, right? And so six o'clock, he is not there. And I'm like, what is, what's happening? And 6.15, 6.20, 6.30, and I call him and he is in New Jersey. In New Jersey, hanging out. And I thought to myself, where have I gone as a person where I would not even see this happening and I would give up almost an entire day to be down here. Because, you know, it was, it was one thing to go down there to get my hair done. It was a whole other thing to kind of hang out till it was yeah. our time. Yes. And I just remember feeling 
sad and like, how could I do this to myself? And why would this happen to me? And then in that moment, just like magic, this person I had been trying to have this conversation with, she was a, a local therapist and we'd mm-hmm. just been p- playing phone tag for such a long time. And she called me as I'm standing in the middle of this square, you know, we talk for a little bit and I decided I need better boundaries as a person. I need to care about myself a little bit more than I have been. And then I also decided I would never travel again to date someone. That is when I I would never move outside of a radius that was near me to date someone. Mm -hmm. So that was the journey of me opening books to say, what else can I uncover about me? What else can Uh I unwrap about myself? Usually, at least for me, it was a moment in time that moved me into that industry of girl, let me help you without understanding your context type of thing. But you say I'm not no. saying anything. My face is probably saying I it know all. your face said it all. So I told you before I was this super reflective kid. I say probably pretty unusual in that way, definitely pretty unusual in that way. So I was a super yeah. reflective kid. I journaled heavily from you know a very early age, even before I started journaling, I was writing. I was writing poetry as like a four-year-old, just on through to my teen years when I started journaling really heavily and then would go back and read my journal. So I just always had a really good sense of where I am now, reflecting back on where I was at a different point in time, reading about that experience, thinking about how I've grown and all that stuff. This is all really weird. I understand this. But when I was a couple of years into the workforce, somebody said, oh my gosh. And I know it was a moment in time for me too, except it was different. Someone said, oh my gosh, you have to read. Everybody's reading Guy Kawasaki. Oh, who moved my cheese? Guy Kawasaki, who moved my cheese? All about workplace stuff and people feeling like their cheese has been moved or something. Anyway, I read this book. This is awful. I hate saying things like this. And I feel like the Guy Kawasaki squad is going to come and just like smack me down for saying it was the worst thing I had ever written. It was like it had been written by a kindergartner and he didn't have an editor. I just could not believe that I had paid money and paid in like hours of my life. Well, (laughs) hour of my life reading this book. It was such just tripe. And I thought, this guy made it to the New York Times bestseller list on this mess. Who is buying this stuff? Well, it turns out so many people are buying this stuff. And I just felt like I'm new to the workforce. Yes, but I'm not new to looking at how I feel and examining my reactions to things and observing my own growth and thinking about, you know, how I move forward in the future. So how the heck does this guy talking about cheese in the workplace somehow have more credibility than I do when it comes to my own vision of things? And so I, I just felt like this is a scam. So that set my point of view for the whole self-help industry. And then I would just meet person after person who almost like collected all these self-help experiences like, oh, have you read this book and that book? And you must read about this and that. And it's just like, I smell a scam. I don't like it at all. Like you don't need someone to 
tell you how to get this thing done. I feel like, you know, so many of us have the answers, but we just don't reflect. And so we, you know, we buy the book because we think somebody else can tell us. But like you said, they don't have any context or insight into your life. Yeah. But they will sell you the book. They will sell you the workshop. They will sell you the book. They will sell you the workshop. But what you said really got me thinking about two different things. So there is Spencer Johnson, who did Who Moved My Cheese? Okay. And then Guy there Kawasaki is was. Guy Kawasaki was the rich dad, poor dad guy. Oh my God. I read that. Yes. I read that. Yes. And I, and yes. I was, I, I've been dad, offended. I've been offended by not offended, not a huge fan because I just feel like when I think about like, there's the financial self-help people. Now I do appreciate some of the advice, but like any advice, you take what works for you, you throw out the rest, right? But a lot of it comes without context of who you are, how you live, who your people are, and the different things that you are responsible for or the different things you interact with because it's all complicated. And so they write the books in this silo. But what makes a book good? What makes a book good enough? We can all have issue with, what is it, New York Times bestseller books, but what makes it good enough for me? I think it's just the place that I'm in. The place that I'm in may draw me to a title. And then I'm a skimmer. So I would skim according to the chapter that works for me. And then I get what I need to get out of it. And then I move on. But I don't think that the author knows enough about my life. I think what probably bothers me now that didn't bother me then Mm-hmm. is that they don't know enough about me for me to absorb all of the content of the book to say, yes, apply this to my life at 100%. But I do now, still like the books. To be clear, I read both of those books. I have read yes. Who Moved My Cheese and I have read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I think, yeah. you know, for me, the takeaway was that you can sell snake oil and people will buy it. And it's it's yeah, just incredible to do. me. And so, yes, Thank you for clarifying the authors of those books. <laughs> but I feel the same way about both of them. Um. <laughs> for the thing, even the financial self-help. I've listened to the Dave Ramsey show. Yeah. And I have know people who follow the Dave Ramsey plan. And that's what works for them. But I'm just like, mm, but I do I'm think not gonna, I'm not going to do all that. I'm not going to do yes. all that. Yeah. I'm not going to do all that because there's some things that I want because when it's all said and done, I'm not taking it with me. Now I'm going to be responsible, as responsible as I can, but mm-hmm. I'm going to buy the purse. I am. I'm going to buy the purse. And we all know this little, I haven't bought the purse yet, but I'm going to buy the purse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm going to do all those things. I've had friends, family, colleagues who adhere to this stuff in such a way I'm like girl you ain't going on vacation no because we on this Dave Ramsey plan I'm like he on vacation he is on vacation you mean you being on his plan for you because you've been on his plan and he on vacation look I just I do think there's something very powerful in being at a certain moment in your life and then like finding you know whether it's a person or a book or you know whatever the source of that inspiration is if it matches your frequency in that moment. You know, I understand that there's great power in it. But to your earlier point, I also believe that you need to take what you need and you don't have to dive in wholesale to somebody's plan because for me, it just feels a little 
I don't know. I just feel like we ought to be more critical about what we decide to bring into our lives and those things that we choose to use as scaffolding for our lives. I just, I'm super skeptical of people just adopting wholesale, like a scaffolding of somebody who just wrote a book one day because they thought they would be fun. That said, I do enjoy those authors who like give you a snapshot into other people's lives and situational mm. things about other people's lives, you know, whether the topic is financial well-being or mental or spiritual well-being. I think glimpsing at other people's lives for me is powerful, but I'm not going to do anybody's workshop. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know because I invited you to an, a workshop one day and then you said to me, you don't really know me. And I thought, I was like, I do, but, but I wanted somebody to come with me. Tell me. I didn't want to be alone. So this <laughs> is a complete surprise to me. Okay, I said, you don't really know me. But what I thought was, she knows me so well. She sent this as a little joke. Are you telling me that was not a joke? That was not a joke. I didn't want that to was go not a joke. Myself. No, it wasn't a joke. Ugh. I wanted you to go with me. You were like, you sent this text. You don't really know me. And I thought... <laughs> I thought, okay, we'll circle back to that. And so today we're circling back. We're circling Girl, back. You can, you can pay me a hundred dollars. I'll tell you all about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want that kind of truth because you have context. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I want someone who doesn't have context who can speak <laughs> in parables, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, that's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> because, because honestly, it commits me to nothing at the end, right? It commits true. me to absolutely nothing. What happens is I go, I listen, and then I take hold of it for eh, maybe a couple days. And I don't like when people give me papers. You go to these things and they give you papers, mm, like mm-hmm. signs. I'm like, I'm not in the little fold. I'm not going to use yeah. this again. So, you know, recycling the folder and all that kind of stuff. But no, I just... It's without context. They don't require anything of me at the end. But if you did it, you would say it. And then there would be some requirements, like some actionable work at the end of it, because we still see each other. We interact with each other. So no, no, thank you. Girl, you might as well just buy the handbag. Just buy the bag instead of spending your money on people who just speak in parrot like you know, I know, I know. And I haven't gone to a workshop and I have gone to marriage workshops, though. Yeah, I feel like that's a little different. It's very different. I I appreciate them. I appreciate I'm going to invite you to the next one. No, please don't. <laughs> so just so I can get a text that says, you really don't know me, do you? No, because then I'll have to say something different. <laughs> I have to come up with a new way to please reject don't. you. Please don't. Please don't. My feelings may be hurting that day and then it just won't help. But no, I appreciate a marriage workshop every now and then. I mm-hmm. do. I appreciate a personal workshop every now and then because, you know, you take in just a little bit and then you go, you get to meet, see new people. Although I have to tell you lately, I don't want to commit to anything. I don't want to do commit mean? to any personal goals. I don't want to commit to like, I know I need to lose weight, right? Yeah. I mean, Losing weight never hurt anybody who was outside of the weight requirement that they're supposed to be in. So 
I could stand to lose some pounds. And I think to myself, and for the yeah, people who don't can't. know, like these are still vanity pounds we're talking about, but you know, these we have van- all, oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. These are vanity pounds, vanity esque, vanity esque pounds. And I don't want to commit to anything. I was going to join weight watchers. And I thought that's a commit. I don't, because then you have to put in what you in so many areas of my life. I don't really need to commit to one more thing. Not in this moment. That's but for sure. Would you join Weight Watchers with me? The answer is no. No, the answer is no, because <laughs> I know. the answer is no, because it's another look. I am so like anti institution. If there's an institution, I don't want to do it. I'll fast, <laughs> but I don't want to do that. Oh, it's a, you'll fast. Yeah. We do intermittent fasting. I mean, absolutely. I love intermittent fasting. No, but Weight Watcher seems like a club. I'm not really trying to do that. I know. I know. But the whole business with self-help and all that stuff, it kind of brings us around to what for me is like an essential truth for me, which is if you really, really think about it, if you quiet yourself and really kind of you know, just get yourself out of the swirl of whatever the situ, uh, some of the swirl of it, right? Mm-hmm. If you really just quiet yourself, you really do know the answers. And I agree. I don't say this to say that things like therapy does not have value. It absolutely does. But that has value that is far greater than just someone who has written a book for the masses and you just pick it up. You know, it's beautiful if something in that book can meet you in the moment that you're in, you know, and I think that's the difference, a big difference between that and like therapy, where you really are talking to someone who's not only trained, but who's right here with you, who's going to challenge you and guide you through this if you need that kind of challenge and guidance. But really, really deep inside, we all have values And I'm not talking about like a set of 20 values. I'm talking about like maybe three essential things that you just really, really believe. And every choice you make, you know, circles somehow around those values. If you can just focus, you do know the answers. So your truth is the answer is inside of you. You know, it is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. A person said to me um, years ago, the indecision is the decision. Mm-hmm. And people are always going back and forth. Well, I don't know. In my brain, I can make that decision quickly for them and, and in turn for myself and know if it's a match, if it's something that I should do or be a part of because their indecision informed me about who they are, how they think about things and what they're not willing to say. Because my personal truth is stand in it, good, bad, or indifferent. You got to be able to stand in it. Sometimes you bask in it. So when somebody compliments you, you stand in it and you bask in that compliment, right? And I'm just stealing that word from you. You bask in it. But if you make a mistake, you stand in that too. So you own it all, all the parts of you. I think Jill Scott said, I read that she said um, a couple years ago, I don't need anyone to remind me of my faults because I know them all too well. Yes. And I thought, that's me, 100%. So I love that you said that. 
I feel like I will never say stand in it because it'll never have the same resonance as it does like coming from you in your voice. But I love these words. Like I just have different words. You know, for me, it's that, boy, I remember back in college, again, I just had this early realization that like everything is beautiful and that I am this amazing person, that my mistakes are beautiful. They're amazing. And like my flaws are the things that make me... No, 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 not even no, that. No, but... no, 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 it's <laughs> <Go> ahead. <laughs> no, like the sum of my mistakes and my flaws and everything are what make me human, like beautifully human. Yes. And human... it's amazing, like this journey, like all the stuff I get wrong, all the things about me that I need to grow past that maybe I'll never grow past. Maybe they'll just be always be the things that I'm working on. But like they are the things that make me me and no one will ever, you know, be me with all of these little, the flip side of that is while acknowledging the beauty of, you know, the flaws and the warts and all is acknowledging the greatness as well. For some time, I had some trouble with people saying things like, wow, you did an incredible job or there's nothing, you know, just giving me high praise. I had a really hard time accepting it. And so at some point, doing all this reflection, I learned and then I told myself, just say thank you and stop. Mm. Because, you know, the words stand in it as much as I love them. When I'm in that moment, I'm just so ready to tell someone, yes, but if you only knew how imperfect I am, then you'd know the real me. It's like, no, no. If someone wants to give you some praise, you know, just say thank you and stop. Even if you are uncomfortable. Well, I'm talking to myself here when I say, but sometimes it's uncomfortable to receive that kind of praise. And so really just stop, say thank you, and say nothing else about how flawed I really am, or if you really knew how much I messed up on the way to get there. And it's just been a game changer for me. Mm, I love all of that. So many thoughts ran through my head. And then I just appreciated hearing you say all of that. Because I will say, as a person who has been your friend, I have seen it happen. I've seen that part develop. And I love that you step into that greatness of just being a talented professional because we've been friends, but we've never worked together Mm, until now. Until now. And I was very hesitant because I have some battle scars of working with people sure. who are who I've been in friendship with. They've made me wiser. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying battle as in, oh, what was me? Battle is that I am wiser about me and about what kind of people I would choose to be around and do business with and yes. that kind of thing. And you helped me usher me into that moment. When I said, oh, no, I I don't work with friends. And you said, well, why not? What kind of friends do you have? And I thought, oh. (laughs) Did I say that? See, now we're back at this place where you're like, and then, Jamila, you said, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. You did. You said it. You said that. You said it just like that. Well, what kind of friends do you have? You've been Mm. doing business with the wrong friends. They just didn't have as much to lose as you did. And I thought, that's so true. And you didn't even know the details of all of that. And I went, I remember going home after that brunch and telling my husband what you said. And he was like, she's right. (laughs) You said, who better to do business with than a friend? And I thought, 
See, you didn't even know you said this stuff? Yeah, you said that. I have no that. memory of this. You said Are you all sure it was of me? that. It was you. You're the only all person right. I talked to. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Talk to. But let's be clear. So the reason I'm sure why I have no memory of this is I was not making a case for why we should. No, no, we all. were just talking. We were just yeah. talking. We were just talking. This was uh, at least six months before this whole thing started, if not a year. Okay. Yeah. So, but as you said that, now that we have worked together, I've been able to see this person, this what I call human energy of you work in such a way that you have described to me before with projects that you have, you know, worked on, but you are absolutely and I don't even think and I know for sure that you have not even touched the peak of your talent yet. And I'm just sometimes I'm like, oh, let me get myself together because I have to hurry up. <laughs> so you do that same thing for me. And I, I just say, but, you know, wow, I, it's so amazing to work with somebody who's so like, you know, she's honest. She has her stuff together. So it makes me feel like I have to do my part to just <laughs> look like I'm doing something. <laughs> but we are both these type A personalities, but we are clear about who we are mm-hmm. and clearer about who we are to each other that we're able to work in such a collaborative space and it's like you're thinking for me like when you said oh I sent an email on our behalf I'm like okay that's great Mm -hmm. but I mean there's trust there as well but I thought about all that you were saying and I thought to myself she's right this is absolutely true I'm just happy to see how it has all evolved, but bask in the thank you, bask in the failure, bask in every part of it, because it's the sum total of who you are. It is. It's the sum total. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And there's some parts of me that I'm like, oh, oh, but that was me. It may not be me now, but it was me then, right? And you got to own that person too, because she helped to make this person. She did. So, yes. And so it's like there what there are no mistakes. Yes. My husband says actually he stopped saying it about 10 years ago but I still love it. He says if things had been different they wouldn't be the same. And so when I think about the path and I think about all the things I might have done differently it's like hold on. If I had done those things differently I might be in a different place now. You know life is good. So maybe I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's what's interesting is that, you know, you in these professional spaces that we are in, I watch people. I give grace in places that I would not have given grace to before Mm -hmm. or as well, because I understand the involvement, the evolution of people and where they are not yet at. And so you give them room for grace and patience because you need all of it yeah grace and patience yeah thank you for listening to fancy black lady make sure you visit our store at fancyblacklady.com follow us on all social media handles for bonus content and until next time stay fancy fancy